Welcome to the Business of Dance podcast, where we discuss business growth, dance education, creating your dream business, and falling in love with your studio all over again. Now, here's your host, business coach, educator, and owner of Dance Energy Studios, Claire O'Shea. Hi everyone, it's Claire O'Shea here and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Dance podcast. Today, we are interviewing yet another talented and inspiring woman of the dance education and entrepreneur world, the fabulous Emma Franklin Bell, creator of the Beautiful Business Academy. Emma is a powerful leader in her industry, influencing women around the world to explore their creativity and build their dream business through her Beautiful Business Academy. Emma has spent two decades in the performing arts industry before opening her own dance studios, mentoring studio owners in business strategy and wrote a game-changing book called How to Run a preschool dance studio. I'm super excited to interview Emma today, but before we dive into the show, I want to let you know a little bit more about Emma. So the wonderful Emma is an author, artist, and entrepreneur who is passionate about women living and leading courageous, creative lives. Emma comes from a strong background in dance, performing arts, and writing. Emma has spent many years as a dance teacher and coach as well as mentored hundreds of young dancers to achieve their goals in RAD exams, concerts, Estedfords, and showcases. Emma's passion for dance expanded as she then created preschool dance programs at her former studio, Fairy Footsteps. In 2002, alongside running her own dance school, Emma founded Whimsicality Productions, children's parties, and discovered a love of tiny tots, storytelling, and the imagination, not realizing then that nearly a decade later, she would draw all those skills together to create a dynamic, interactive, imaginative dance program for children aged three to five years old. Emma has written curriculum for dance teachers at the Australian Dance Institute and holds a certificate of dance teaching from QUT. Along with many other amazing creditations, Emma is also the founder of her current business, the Beautiful Business Academy. The BBA has a focus on developing female creative leaders through programs that focus on training women in how to raise their influence through book writing, course creation, and media and performance skills training. Emma is the co-founder of the Ladies' Lounge podcast, which has had over 20,000 downloads. Emma discusses creativity, leadership, and business, and has been featured on the Mark Burrow Show, Unlimited Influence podcast, Transform Your Studio podcast, and many others. And I'm so excited to welcome her to the Business of Dance podcast today. Please join me in welcoming Emma to the show. Welcome to the show, Emma. Yeah. Hi, Claire. It's great to be here. I'm really excited to uh, kick off and have the conversation. I am very excited too. So I have read your very impressive bio to our wonderful listeners already, but I'd really love to hear a bit more about your background and how you got started in within the preschool dance programs you provided at Fairy Footsteps. So, you know, what inspired you and your work with that preschool age group in, you know, specifics? Yeah, sure. Well, um, you know, when I was when I was teaching, I mean, I was mainly teaching RAD grades. Mm-hmm. So, you know, doing that day in, day out, I was teaching about five days a week and loved doing the grades. But then I had the opportunity to teach a few preschool classes and um, it was just so creative and so magical, you know, because when you're doing your RAD, you know, you're taking those kids through 
the exams and, you know, everything's, you know, more strict and sort of really on the ball. And with the preschoolers, I just loved the opportunity to still teach them the foundations and the ballet fundamentals, but be quite, you know, creative and magical and incorporate drama and props and the imagination. And at the same time, um, I was also a children's entertainer, which I think you might have touched on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And so, again, when I was doing the children's entertainment, uh, often with this age group, you know, up to, you know, probably eight years old and then they think you're, um, you're boring. <laughs> you know, they don't go in for entertainers so much, yeah. you know, fairies and all of that. So um, it was just one of those age groups that I just, um, yeah, I just, I just loved and it just was so creative and so imaginative that when I decided to dive in and create my own original program, um, of which you can create for any age group right through to, you know, the elderly. I wanted to do the preschool age group because of that reason. I felt I could probably be the most flexible and sort of um, experimental and exploring all of the um, sort of creative ideas. So yeah. that's, that's what inspired me to work with that age group. Absolutely. And like you said, they are, they are so creative and I guess they, at that age, they do tend to give you a lot of feedback, don't they? So you can kind of test and see what's going to work pretty quickly, which is fantastic. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they do. And they bring in their ideas or, you know, certain um, things are on trend. And so they might really want to be, you know, using certain props or certain music or whatever. So, you know, that's fun too. You can sort of ebb and flow with, with, um, with them. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. And then following on from that, you created an amazing book called how to run a preschool dance studio, which is still on my bookshelf. And I just wanted to know what was it like to turn your knowledge of this particular area and experience into written form for peers in our industry? Well, um, yeah, I mean, this was quite an interesting little story. I mean, I, I'd been one of those people who through my 20s, you know, I always wanted to write a book. I mean, I don't think I knew what it would be about <laughs> exactly, but I was just one of these people that one of my bucket list goals was like, I want to write a book and I wanted to write a book by the time I was 30. I don't know. It was mm-hmm. just a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, But I didn't know what it would be about. And then what was interesting was when I was running uh, the dance studio and having success with with the classes and the program and everything I um I was in one of those dance teacher groups on Facebook you know there's quite a lot of those and yeah and you know we talk about the different you know any teachers out there listening you know what I'm talking about um Mm. you know and you talk about a range of subjects and I don't know we were talking about um something to do with with issues with the preschool age group or, you know, um, systems and this sort of stuff. And so I put in a post there where I said, look, I could give people a few tips. You know, I could give you a few tips on some mm-hmm. things that I've done that actually worked quite well. And if you just leave your, your email, I'll get in touch with you. And I thought there'd mm-hmm. be about 10 people and I could help them out, advice, you know. Yeah. And there was over 200 Oh that my left. God. Yeah. And it happened really quickly. Every time <laughs> amazing, I, every, yeah. I know every half hour I'd go back and I'd be like, well, there's another, you know, 20 people or 50 people. Mm. And I thought, Oh my God, this is full on. How am I going to do this? And it just kept growing. Um, and how am I going to, um, 
write individually to all these people. I mean, I started doing it and then it became ridiculous. So then I started putting all the emails and it was just, you know, you know, like I did my best and I yeah. sort of did a few, a bit of a newsletter sort of thing. And then I thought, wow, there's really like sort of an interesting tribe here that um, want advice and are interested in what other teachers, you know, what peers have to say. And I reckon that I, it just really just came to me like that. Like I reckon that this book that I've been wanting to write, I could base it on, on what I did and my own experiences and what I tried and just put it out there sort of mm. for people. Um, and I think that no one had really sort of done that. And so, um, yeah, so that, that was what inspired me to write the book. It was that there was a problem. And then I had some ideas to add, you know, not all the ideas or all the solutions, but just some ideas that people could, could um, you know, tap into. And so yeah. then I just simply went through the sequence of events that I had done and um, turned it into a book. And, um, yeah, it's been really a really fascinating journey. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And like, I saw a post that you wrote recently about this and I know myself that this book is still bought because I, you see it pop up, like you said, in Facebook groups and on book recommendation lists. And I know it's still bought and downloaded from all around the world every single week, but you know, in still communicating with people in the industry and dance studio owners, like what do you think and what's the feedback you've gotten about the biggest takeaway from the book for studio owners? And why do you think the book has been such a success? Well, yeah, look, I mean, I think as, as I said before, I mean, it's very niche. I mean, there are a few books out there about um, preschool classes and creating your preschool programs. But I mean, still, I mean, even if there's only half a dozen of those, it's very, very niche. Yes. Um, so if you're running a studio and you want to go out there and buy every book about running studios, you know, you probably only got a handful of books and, and mine yep. would be one of them. So, um, so the niche would be one thing as to why it's still bought, I think three years on and I do no marketing, you know, on mm. the book. So I think that's why it's still bought because when they look it up, you know, or look up studio dance studio books, I mean, it, mm. it comes up. So, um, in our industry, there aren't many, so there's room for many more. So just a PS <laughs> there, dance teachers, you know, if you have an angle on something, and this is the thing with writing books is that, yes, it can be an angle on, you know, on anything, on how to manage the studio, how to be a leader in your studio, how to, you know, and mm. you can turn that into any sort of book and it can be short or long or whatever. I think mm. also um, the way my brain works is very kind of sequence-based. Yeah. So it, it sort of wasn't all chucked in there. Um, it was in these seven steps. And so I think... Yeah. The, the sort of the sequence helps people yeah. and helps your mind to sort of simplify and go through. Mm. Um, the biggest, the biggest takeaway for studio owners, I mean, with, with the feedback that I, you know, have got over the years, um, one is about creating original programs. You know, they, mm. you know, people really do desire to, you know, this, have this desire to create their 
own program and sort of there's, you know, a little bit of, um, oh, you know, can I do that? You know, or should I just buy an off-the-shelf program? Yeah. Um, but there's a, there's a sort of a desire to create their own program. So, um, you know, I've talked to people about that. So I think that's like chapter three in the book. We talk about mm. creating your own program. And I sort of explain in the book what I did and it's totally up for grabs. You can do that. Or, you know, it just gives you an idea as to... Mm. There's no one perfect way, you know, that you can play with it and you can create your own. Um, and the other thing that the book has also spurred people on with, interestingly, is um, sort of looking at all these steps and people then coming and asking about, you know, how to sort of become more systemized, which is what you do with studios, Claire, and you help people yeah. do that, which is great because also if they want to sell the studio, I think mm. they have a feeling that they need to become very systemized and organized. And yeah. so um, I've spoken to people about that. But yeah. um, And it also is pretty, it's a pretty open, you know, I sort of reveal like exact emails that I sent and you know exact sort of little mm. stories and things so it's sort of Absolutely. it's very yeah it's not just sort of you could do this it's sort of like yeah so I did this and that's mm. sort of that's what happened and I think like what you said before how well how your brain works is it's very sequential like the order and how you should do it but for me having read the book and um, worked with you in the past it was very like okay if I want to do these things, this is the order that uh, someone has done it and tried it and tested it. And like, you know, with a lot of this content we consume, like eventually, you know, you might be able to figure it out, but with probably a lot of trial and error and fails and all of these things, but your book is just a really clear way to see, okay, you did this and then you did this and then this and this, and you can follow those things. Obviously, like you said, you can add your own flavor to it, but it is a very, uh, I think, you know, open and honest step-by-step -step guide, essentially. Yes, and people do get overwhelmed, especially in the beginning. Um, you know, if, you, if you're starting a dance studio from scratch, that can be quite overwhelming, you know. Mm. Um, mm. And so this, yeah, it is a guide, a guide of sorts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, but it, it's very amazing and I would definitely recommend um, people to go and grab it. I got it online a few years ago, probably when it, one of it, when it first sort of came out, but I know it's still available. I saw it come up whenever I go onto Amazon, it still pops up. Cause yes. like, no, I know you like this book. I'm like, yes, but I already have a copy. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, it's a few years, uh, it's, it came out in 2015. So there, you know, there's some things probably in there now about social media, I think from memory. Yes. About Instagram or something that's probably mm. a little bit out of date, the foundational elements Yes, uh, will all still you know all still ring true and and still help you with with social media and things that some um, absolutely those things yeah. come and go. But yeah. that's just like any technology, mm. like, like even like posts that I wrote two months ago on my blog are now some of them are mute. Like it doesn't they're yes. now because yeah. the algorithm changes and that's just that's just the way it is. But you know, you like you said, you created that book in 2015, and now fast forward to today, and you have a wonderful new business called the beautiful business Academy, which is, has a variety of different programs under that umbrella. And yeah. whilst it's not like directly associated with the dance industry. It's obviously still could apply to anyone who has a studio, but can you tell us a little bit more about your, uh, well, it's not even new, but newer than the book, I guess, um, about yes. the programs that you have and the services that you provide. 
Yes. So the Beautiful Business Academy is all about your content creation and your influence building. So building on the back of the book, you know, I have a program that helps people write their own book, Manuscript Mm. Mastery, you know, in in the nonfiction business space and getting that first draft done so you can get it published and out there, um, which is is really, really great. And then I still do the one-to-one work within preschool dance yeah, I still, still have clients <laughs> working Amazing. through that, which is interesting, yeah. isn't it? So it just shows you that, um, you know, if you put a program out there or you put a book out there that has a program attached, um, it, you know, the clients will just trickle, trickle on in, um, yeah. you know, even though you're not sort of marketing it. And the beautiful business... Academy is also very focused on um, creativity. So we do, um, there's a program coming out called the Creativity Code about unlocking and untapping your creativity to then help you with your writing and Mm. your blogging. And, you know, um, there'll also be, there'll also be a podcast programs there's all sorts of things about that yes and um you know there's blogging challenges so it's it's fairly online based but Mm -hmm. it's all about yeah your content creation done in a kind of beautiful feminine fun magical way so keeping that you know um creative side going even though in our businesses we have to keep our our content out there and you know, but keeping it fun, keeping it mm, creative. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. And I think if um, I encourage everyone to go have a look at your Facebook and your website, because I think just looking at it as well, you can really get a vibe for what you're all about, which is amazing. Mm. Um, like you said, this is all about sort of unlocking your creative potential and, you know, encouraging other people to do that within themselves. But, you know, with that in mind, a lot of dance studio owners as well relating to sort of this podcast bit more specifically are all generally in the creative industries and yeah do you see any trends at the moment with things that um, people in the creative industries are really struggling with or you know even if there's any roadblocks that we might have as creatives when creating businesses yeah look I think there's a, a few things and uh, being being creatives or in the performing arts uh, or running our own you know creative kind of performance-based business I mean often still that first thing um, is is quite fear-based. So, for example, um, when I talk to people and, and mentor them, you know, there's a few things that come up. So one of them is, you know, the fear to try new things. So, for example, like you've got the dance studio and then you've got business of dance and I think Claire O'Shea Consulting or Claire O'Shea Co- Coaching. Yeah, yeah, so at some point you just had the dance studio and then mm-hmm. you, you know, went along and then you said, okay, I'm now going to branch out. I'm going to try mm. something new. A lot of people, um, that they stop. So they get the idea, you know, they might be out on a great morning walk and they get an idea for something. Uh, and and then, then this other thought comes in straight away. Oh, no, can't, can't do that. So then, mm. so then that stops them. And the remedy, the remedy for that is to actually treat the, 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 the idea that you have that came to you, you know, while you're having a coffee or whatever, as an experiment, mm. you know, because if you, if, you, if you concern yourself with, oh, yeah, but if I put it out there and I try it and it's a new arm to the business or it's a book or it's um, buying another sort of business and tacking it on, whatever the thing is, um, 
if, if, if you sort of make it all too big and, oh, it's got to work and it's got to be this big thing, you, you won't do it. The fear will stop you from doing it. So you have to use things and sort of trick yourself a little bit. And one yeah. of the things that you can do is, which is quite a common one in, in creative processes, is to treat it more like a scientist and be like, okay, I'm going to lean in, I'm going to do it and I'm going to experiment with this for three months, mm. six months, a year, whatever. And I'm going yeah. to see, you know, and just lightens it. So fear, fear to try new things is one of them. Mm. Um, the fear of visibility as the leader of your business. So, oh. so yeah, that's another one. The, the visibility yeah. piece, because mm. as we go in our businesses, um, you know, whether you call it personal brand, whether you call it leadership or influencer or whatever, mm-hmm. it's sort of like there's no real getting out of it now. In the past, you could sort of hide away, hide away yeah. a bit. But now, if you are running a business of any kind, really, and you want to be in this day and age in the 21st century, there does have to be, you know, an element of, of you as the leader, as the individual. And you're just seeing it across all industries. Mm. And so another thing that stunts growth is that fear of visibility. You know, I'm, mm. I, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't really want to put my name out there, my face out there, da, 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 da. Yeah. And so again, what's the remedy there? You just start slowly, you know. Yeah. So, if, so if video isn't really your cup of tea, um, you might do a couple more images of you with clients or you with the children in the um, at the concert or you know and you're just a bit in there more there's a bit more you know a bit more of a photo of you or this or you do some guest posting where you write blogs for other places yeah. and there's you so you're in it yeah um, the other ones are things like competition you know for mm-hmm. creatives mm-hmm. And, and performance so you know this comparisonitis and the the competition, factor um or you know oh claire's doing business of dance i can't do that Mm, you know know, or emma's written a book so that's all done now i can't write one you know so it's so the remedy there is to stay in your own lane Mm. and you know not really look sideways too much Mm. yeah but it is a natural reaction like i know i think like you said it, it does happen, but I think if you with the whole stay in your lane concept as well, just when you do start to look, like acknowledge that you are and then kind of just, again, come back and focus on what you're doing, like you said. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's right. Focusing on what you're doing um, because you're, you know, all that stuff. You, you will have read it, you know, if you, if you um, have read these different quotes and stuff, you know, it will be that you're in your chapter you know, yeah. so it's ridiculous to look at someone else's in their chapter 10 and you're mm. in your chapter two and all that. Exactly. So, yeah, so staying in your own lane. And then I think the other, just the one other thing, well, among other things, but mm. where they're struggling is is pricing, you know, and their positioning. So often with dance studio owners as well that I've worked with, it's, you know, um, Am I sort of going for fun and affordable? Am I going premium and sort of elite? Um, You know, so what should I do with my pricing? Should I increase it every year or are the parents going to, you know, stress out? And so identifying that based on several factors um, of, you know, where you are but also where you want the school to be positioned Mm. 
Mm. Um, and, and, you know, is your school going to have a few locations or the one or what are you doing? And, and do you have, you know, premises that are all, you know, fantastic and fully equipped or are you in different halls or how are you working? Um, you know, so there's so many factors that come yeah. into that. But quite often, you know, people, people are undercharging, over-delivering and they're not increasing prices year on year. Yes. Um, and then they're struggling and there's not enough money at the end of the month. Mm, mm. I, I would wholeheartedly agree with all of those things you said that, and they're things that, um, I speak, you know, I've, I've experienced myself. I've spoken yeah. to other studio owners about, I've had clients who have the same problems. Um, but it is one of those things that I just think, yeah, it, in it, a lot of people go through it, but there is like a, essentially like, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. If you start making, you know, smart decisions and get, get advice or do some more research, I think there is um, definitely solutions to those things that keep coming up for everybody. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's always an answer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. And yeah. And talking about, you know, we were talking a bit more about your book before and you were saying how it can sort of position you a bit more as an influencer and the simile, like we have quite a few similarities, like we mm. both junior owners, we have coaching programs and a podcast, which is really fun. Yeah. And with sort of relation more to the book and if we have studio owners out there who are wanting to sort of become an expert in their sort of area or their niche, what advice do you have for others in the creative or the dance industry who are wanting to expand their business or possibly branch out, branch out to other mediums and platforms as well? Um, yeah, well, I mean, this is great and, it, and it's exciting. It can also um, sort of add new spark, you know, if you've been doing your, ex you know, working in your existing business for, say, five years or something and you want to sort of stretch because you've got to keep growing. Mm. Um, so, but one of the main things is to really, you've got to have uh, creativity and strategy. You know, you can't, mm. you know, we can't get all excited and run off and be creative, you know, without that strategic mind. And then if you're all strategic, then you're boring and people, you know, <laughs> think, yeah. oh, that's so bland, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, so therefore, um, if you want to expand, that's, that's so great and you'll get the itch to do that. And then you want to look at, so uh, why do I want to expand? You know, is it, you know, what's, am I sort of a bit bored or, or am I wanting to stretch or do I think, or what's the money? So you know a bit about why you're wanting to expand. And then you've got to see that it does sort of, um, you know, it activates your creativity. So that's exciting. Otherwise you won't do it. You'll fall off the, the wagon because it's, it's not sort of exciting you. So the new thing needs to excite you. And then the new thing, there must be a strategy there. So, mm. you know, for your budget and all of that. So there needs to be a strategy there. Um, and then you, so you want to know what you want to achieve from it. And then you want to reverse engineer that. So if you want yeah. to, um, you know, have the podcast or, or raise your influence, you want to sort of cast out, you know, why do I want to do that? Do I want to raise the influence so that I have, so that I can build a franchise and have lots and lots of studios? Or do I want to raise my influence so that I can branch out into the female entrepreneur space away from dance a bit? Or so that I can become a leader and a pioneer within the industry and be um, sort of tailored to tailoring to my peers, other dance teachers about a specific thing that I do. So you want to 
you really want to know sort of what the end game is as to why you want to raise the influence and then you would choose you would choose the things that um that you know attract attract you whether that's a book whether that's a mm. podcast you know and then you come and you talk to claire or me and we help you <laughs> <laughs> oh that sounds easy 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 but like you said i think i like the i really like the idea of reverse engineering stuff because yes i am a huge i do this all the time like oh you know oh what about that fantastic idea wouldn't that be wonderful and then oh i should do this i should do that and then when you sit down and think like but why do i want to do that yeah or, or yeah. how is this going to work or how do i even get to that position like sometimes the path won't be right or sometimes you know you need to just go a slightly different way but i do like the idea of reverse engineering and really making sure there's that strategy involved as well yeah because also sometimes things can actually um you get this great idea but then within your sort of calendar if you get practical or within the bandwidth the capacity that you have to operate in right now when you do the reverse engineering and you work out how much work that's going to be how many people are involved how much money it is how many days out you know you'll need to organize you you know you you, you sip your coffee again and go no not doing it <laughs> so yeah and that's really, fine too yeah yes absolutely. yeah or it might yeah. be on, on the calendar for you know in 2019 or something mm, you know if you really want to do it you cast that forward to to somewhere else yeah i agree and i do think like you said um, about it just resonated with me. It was like the five year itch. I, well, I, I seem to get a little bit like, oh, I want to add something new or try something new, probably a lot more consistently than that. But I do think there is a whole heap of, uh, you know, validity and, you know, wanting to add even like, you know, a, a new program at the studio or yes. um, a new little side business like birthday parties or something you like to try and yes. add new stuff to keep it fresh to keep it engaging and exciting you just don't want to live the same year every year so i do no. totally get that yeah yeah and i mean you might do a rebrand you know mm. so you've got the same same name but you decide yep yeah, we're going to go sort of all edgy and we're going to you know change the colors keep the name you know and you do mm. a refresh and so with that you kind of do you know, fresh quotes and photos and whatever. You got to, you, you do have to do that. Otherwise, yes, you will, you know, you'll get, you'll get, can, can get stale. Yeah. And just, mm. you don't want to be bored in your business. That's not, that's not what you want. So, no. Well, it's, I guess it's probably, it probably is a good thing for some people if they're thinking about how busy they are. But I mean, bored in like the content and stuff, not, not in your to do list. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah, and so I mentioned a little bit before about your podcast, which you co-created, called the Ladies Lounge Podcast. Am I right in saying that that has now kind of finished up, but people can definitely still download it? Is that correct? Yeah. So we we did eighty episodes, and wow. um, and it was really amazing. And I mean, podcasting, like you'll discover, I mean, enables you to meet some really incredible mm. people if you can meet them in person. Of mm. course, that's always fantastic because you get that that opportunity to connect, you know, over a cup of tea before or after, and that can be really yeah. valuable. And, um, 
yeah, so we had some, you know, some fantastic people like Mia Friedman and Lisa Messenger and Mark mm. Burris, so some quite heavyweight sort of business yeah. people. And so we did the 80 episodes and then because it's a co-hosted show and Anna had to move states, we had mm. to, um, yeah. it just became too difficult. Yeah. But then tomorrow my new podcast, The Creativity <gasps> Conversation, yeah, that, that um, hits iTunes tomorrow. Oh. How exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. So it's a new podcast and sort of got a, you know, a mixture of things, solo shows, mini yep. lessons, interviews, mm. and with a bit of a, a sort of an angle towards creativity and how to sort of tap into your imagination and get a bit more juicy around that sort of stuff. So all business mm. stuff, but still yeah. but that angle. So it's fun. Amazing. Another one to add to my long list of podcasts I listen to. How exciting. I'll have to go subscribe when we get off our call. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So what was it again? The creativity conversation, the creativity conversation. Awesome. Just so our listeners can go and jump on that one too. Mm. My very last question for you is also related to this. So as I said before, I'm a huge podcast buff, but I'm really interested other than listening to the creativity conversation, but what else are you have any other favorite podcasts? What are your like go-to shows you're listening to at the moment? Oh, yeah. So there's, there's a lot and they also change, you know, and they change with what I'm doing. So if I'm, um, you know, looking at doing a webinar or something, then I might listen to a lot of Amy Porterfield, for Mm. example, um, you know, online marketing made easy podcast. Another Um, good one. Yes. Yeah. So that's really great. Ones that I tend to return to, um, Glambition Radio with Ali Brown is, is good. Um, she, she does a range of interviews with, with women. She's a big entrepreneur in America. She's one of the top female mm. online. We, we interviewed her actually on the ladies lounge. That awesome. Was, yeah, that was quite, quite cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so Glambition Radio. And then I also do listen to Oprah's Super Soul Sunday because I'm, I'm a bit spiritual. Oh, that's um, nice. I have seen her like always in the top of the charts. I actually haven't yes. listened yet, but I have had a few recommendations. So I might have to listen in and see how I like it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you're a bit soulful and that, it's a variety. She, all sorts of people, you know, she's had Brene Brown and Elizabeth Gilbert and, you know, a range of people talking about the sort of, you know, deep connection and, you know, making sure you're on the right life path. So it's kind of got that spiritual yeah. side. Um, and then I listened to one about writing, which is called the creative pen, all about, you know, your publishing, your self publishing, writing, that's very focused on the books. Mm. Um, and then I listened to another one with two Aussie gals, um, Lisa Corduff and Carly Nimmo have a product podcast called keeping good company, um, which is just cause they're, they're, um, you know, Aussie gals and they're talking about business and online mm. business and the struggles and yeah. uh, it's just kind of like a fun old chit chat uh, yeah. about, about business. But yeah, it really, it does, it does go up and down um, with mm. depending on what, on what, I'm, what podcasts are you listening to at the moment, Claire? I actually just grabbed my phone because I was like, goodness, I'm tra- if, I don't know if I could actually list them all. I'm just having a look. The last ones I listened to, I'm really into Gold Digger. With oh Jenna yes! Kutcher. Someone told me about that the other day. Yeah, really yeah. good, and it's like a really range of stuff, like interviews. You know, she's a photographer, but she is mm. an amazing businesswoman. Yeah, uh, there's heaps of information about 
um, you know, personal branding, marketing, all of that. She's just fantastic. Mm. I also love the, the Marie Folio podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's Marie's an audio great. version of her mm. video show, but it's still right. fantastic. Yes. I love that one. It's great. And I do really like Biz Chicks. Um, have you listened oh, to that one before? No, I haven't come across that. It It's spelled B-I-Z. B I I just know from listening to all the time. B I Z C H I X. That's fine. But it um yeah, she has some really good stuff too. And she does like on air coaching calls, which I really oh, love. Oh, that's cool. To. Yeah. Yeah, I really love that stuff. So those are probably the the main ones at the moment that I'm listening to. Um I just started listening to um talking about Mia Friedman before uh they, the Mum Man Network's just released a lady startup podcast. Oh, yes. Yep. Which is really interesting. I've listened, they've okay. only had like two or three episodes. Right. So far, but it's just really interesting to listen to, you know, women. And I guess obviously yeah. the Mum Network are very supportive of that. So, yeah. It's yes. A good one. Yeah, the Mum Mia Network is mm. great. And, um, yeah, so for, for listeners of, of this podcast right now, um, lady startup, uh, that that would be similar to the ladies' lounge, um, mm. talking to people about their journey, the entrepreneurial, Absolutely. how they started, road, how you, how they started, um, yeah. And the ladies' lounge, I mean, yes, it's still in Apple Podcasts, and there's yep. a real range of people. Yes, some people yeah. right at the beginning and just sort of starting out, and then other people like Mia Friedman who've got these massive. Mm. So. Yeah. Um, so it's I would highly recommend yours as well. I love it. And yeah, yes. I still have some saved and like I've actually listened to a couple, yeah, with some people that you're like, oh, I didn't actually think that I would be interested in that particular person or, you know, you're not even really sure who they are. And then you're like, wow. And then you do some more research and it's, yeah, it's just, I, this is why yeah. I love podcasts. And I just, I feel like I'm learning constantly about things that I wouldn't have been exposed to. Yeah. It's um, really good. Is, fantastic and an, a personal podcast that I love it's not business related at all yes yeah. relatively new it's called armchair expert with Dax Shepard no um, he's an actor and his wife's yeah. Kirsten or Kristen Bell I can't remember oh which one. yes but yes. I it came up in my feed because um I don't know the internet knows things and because I really <laughs> like her and his first episode was interviewing her but essentially it's like a a two-hour interview podcast and he just has like all of these super interesting people and he's really interested in like the mechanics of how people's like minds work. So Wow, anyway, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. a bit like Osher Ginsburg's one. Have you ever come mm, across him? Yeah. I have listened to that once or twice, but I have not listened to yeah. it a heap. But Reminds yeah. me a bit. It's probably a similar sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. you know, podcasts, they really are oh, fantastic. I yes. have way too many, but that is okay. But yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Emma. Other than looking you up on the Beautiful Business Academy and grabbing your book and going and finding your new podcast, is there anywhere else that we can find you online to like you or follow you or all of those things? Um, well, yeah, if listeners want to download my second book, which I've got and um, it's for free, you can go to yourbeautifulbusinessbook.com. So it's a book um, that I released in line with releasing the Academy. And, um, and then on Instagram, I'm on Instagram a lot. I love it there. So we can hang out. Awesome. I actually, yeah. I'm just opened up my browser because I just downloaded that book uh, yesterday and I haven't read it yet. So I've downloaded it to add to my iPad so I can work my way through it. So it looks amazing. And I imagine the content yeah. is also fantastic. 
Yeah, it's a quick, it's a quick little read and it just mm. gives you some little insights and tips about, you Fantastic. know, life and ideas. But awesome. yeah, so it's it all, looks... in, enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I will. And I will be in touch. And thank you again so much for joining us today. And I encourage our listeners to go and find you online and connect with you and to grab a copy of that template as well. Fantastic. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> no worries. Thank you, Emma. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Business of Dance podcast. For show notes and other episodes, please go to businessofdance.net slash podcast. To learn more about Business of Dance and stay up to date with all the episode releases, as well as lots of extra studio tips and tricks, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or wish to be a guest on the podcast, please contact us at podcast at businessofdance.net. We appreciate you taking the time to rate and review us on iTunes and wish you a great day. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And until then, keep dancing your way to the business you have always desired.